Good morning. This is Pastor Mike Letterman, sponsored by ChristLives.org. Today we continue our series of lessons in the final countdown. Starting today with Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 15. I've entitled this lesson, The Beast from the Earth. You know, for the past few weeks we've been treading on some very unholy ground. We spent a lot of time talking about the devil and his activities during the tribulation. I would like to remind you that Satan is an imitator. He has not had an original thought in over 6,000 years. As we all know, there's a holy trinity. The holy trinity is comprised of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The holy trinity is these three individuals who are one God. Satan has a trinity too. His trinity, however, is anything but holy. The unholy trinity is comprised of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Each member of the Holy Trinity has a specific purpose. You see, God the Father receives the worship of His people through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the facilitator of this holy worship. He stirs up the heart of the believer and causes him or her to worship God. Remember, Satan is an imitator. His Trinity functions exactly the same way. In Satan's unholy trinity, Satan receives the worship through the person of the Antichrist and the false prophet facilitates this worship. We've already considered the first two members of the unholy trinity. We looked extensively at Satan and at the Antichrist. In this message, we're going to look at these verses and get a glimpse of the false prophet. He's the person who will guide the world's religion during the tribulation period. Let's look into these verses together and notice the insights the Bible gives us concerning the beast from the earth. Let's read God's word. Starting in verse 11. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast, who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image be killed. Let's look at the personality of this beast. Let's look at what he displays. The second beast is a man just as the first beast was. The word another translates the Greek word alos. It means another of the same kind and quality. So the figure described here is a man. This is also proven by his fate, which we'll read about later in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. You see, this beast has horns, which are a symbol of power. He has two horns. You see, two is a number that symbolizes testimony. 
while the first beast had power because of the territory that he ruled. This beast will have power because of the testimony he gives. The first beast had ten horns. This beast has two horns. The first beast had ten crowns. This beast has no crowns. The first beast is described in terrifying language as a leopard, a lion, and a bear. This beast is called a lamb. The first beast comes as a powerful world ruler. This beast appears as a mean gentleman of faith. The individual will appear on the world stage as a gentle, meek, loving, and kind religious leader. He will have the charisma and general stature of many of the preachers that you hear on the television and in your church today. He will possess the religious power of the Pope. While the Antichrist will rule the world with brute force, this man will attract the world through his pleasant personality and pleasing words. When I said he will possess the religious power of the Pope, please note I did not say he was the Pope. Let's look at what he declares. As the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover. With this man, everything is not as it appears. He has all the outward appearances and trappings of a man of faith. But when he speaks, he speaks the words of the dragon. He is the mouthpiece of Satan himself. He will be a religious man, but the religion he promotes is the worship of Satan. His true nature will be revealed by the words which he will speak. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. You know, it really doesn't take long to see or learn what a group or preacher believes. You only need to attend the church a few times to know what that person believes. You go to Sunday school, preaching and youth meetings, come to a revival meeting, count a few times and you'll know where a church or an individual stands. That's how it should be. You know, it doesn't take too long to figure out what a church or a preacher believes. Just listen to their words and they will reveal their hearts in short order. Take some TV preachers, for instance. I said some. One of the most popular never mentions the name of Jesus, nor does he ever mention sin. He just tells a few stories and builds everyone up. Others are always talking about money and prosperity. It doesn't take long to separate the wheat from the chaff if you know a little bit about the Word of God. Let's look at this source of the power of this beast. He will exercise all the power of the first beast. This individual will receive his power from the same source that the Antichrist will receive his power, that is, the devil. The world will accept this man as a man of God. He will be held around the world as the greatest religious leader the world has ever seen. The world will be deceived and will not grasp the truth that he is the agent of Satan until it is too late. Let's look at the scope of his power. The man will be the facilitator of a vast worldwide religion. He will be able to unite all the religions of the world under one banner. He will convince the world that the Antichrist is a god and that he alone is to be worshipped. Men and women from every conceivable religion will bow down in worship of the Antichrist as a leadership of this false prophet. 
This man will solve, or appear to solve, problems between the religions of the world. Look at the situation in the Middle East. The problems there are not, are, are, are not political. They're religious. The problems in that part of the world will, will predate the forming of Islam. The Jews and the Arabs have been bitter enemies since the days of Moses and Joshua. Now the Muslims hate the Jews, and they are bent on the destruction of the nation of Israel. No one can seem to solve their differences today, but this false prophet will begin during the tribulation. He will find the common ground that will allow all the religions of the world to exist under one umbrella. In our day, when there is news of religious nature, the world looks to the Pope to see what he has to say about that matter. In that world, the eyes and ears of the world will rest on the false prophet. You know, why will the world worship the Antichrist? It's a question in my mind. I think as we learned the last time, the Antichrist will be wounded and die, and he will appear to rise from the dead. Look at verses 3 to 4. You see, the world will fall at his feet in wonder and worship. At some point, the Antichrist will enter the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. He will go into the Holy of Holies, and he will place his throne there. He will declare himself to be God, and he will demand to be worshipped as God. The false prophet will support the claims of the Antichrist and will lead the world to worship this man of sin. The phrase before him in verse 12 means in his presence. The two men, the Antichrist and the false prophet, are the devil's duo. They will work hand in hand to accomplish the devil's will here on earth during the dark days of the tribulation period. Again, you have to remember, Satan is an imitator. We are told that the Holy Spirit will magnify Jesus, John 16, verses 13 through 14. Satan's antichrist, anti-spirit, will spend his time magnifying the antichrist, and he will lead the world to worship the beast. So let's look at the performance of this beast. Verses 13 through 15, it tells of his miracles. We are told that the false prophet will be a man of miracles. He will duplicate the miracles of the first two witnesses. We saw them in Revelation chapter 11, verse 5. He will duplicate the miracle of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18. See, when Elijah called fire down from heaven, men fell to their faces and worshipped Jehovah. Don't you think the devil remembers that? When the false prophet calls down fire from the sky, men will also fall on their faces and worship the devil. The false prophet will lead the world to build an idol, an image of the Antichrist. He will cause this image to come to life. The image will speak to the people. They will be deceived by his power and his miracles, and they will fall down in worship of the beast and his image. The ministry of the false prophet will be marked by exciting and powerful miracles, his miracles will deceive the world. You know, in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, there are three big fountains inside a part of the building known as the Forum Shops. The shopping complex has been designed to give an illusion that you're walking down an ancient Roman street. There's even a sky with clouds overhead. At the top of every hour, these two fountains come to life. The statues in the fountains begin to move and talk to one another and to the people who are watching. 
One of the fountains tells and acts out the story of the fall of Atlantis. I said that to, to, to say this, if a man can have enough ingenuity to make statues come to life, surely the devil can do that and even greater. The image of the Antichrist will live and it will deceive the world. You know, we, we read this and we may have trouble believing it. You know, we're living in a world where most people worship nothing but themselves. It's hard to imagine people the world over bowing down to worship an image in our day of advanced technology. And sophisticated people, it is hard to see the world falling down before a statue to worship the devil. But try to put yourself in that same time period. See, millions have already gone missing during the rapture. The world is falling apart at the seams as war rumbles from country to country. Disease, war, starvation, and other plagues have claimed nearly one-half the world's population. Men in that day will be looking for something to believe in. They will be looking for someone who has the answers. That's when the Antichrist will appear. He will have the solution to the problems of the world. He will have the solution to war, to hunger, to every problem known to humanity. He will die at the height of his power and the world will mourn his passing. The miracle of miracles, he will rise from the dead. The world will see it and in living color on their television sets. Think about that. He will rise from the dead. See what an imitator Satan is? He's going to rise from the dead to imitate our Lord Jesus Christ. The false prophet will speak and he will set the world at ease. He will declare the Antichrist to be the world's savior and they will bow at his feet and worship him. It will be a time of mass deception on a worldwide scale. See, our world is being prepared for such things right now, today. Miracles of every kind are going on around us. Let me share some of the things that happen in different parts of our world over time. Look at Copper Ridge Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, 1995 to 1996. Strange crosses of light appear in the windows of the church. Several miraculous healings have been reported. Strange visitors appear and disappear in the church. Let's look at the home of Salem Rosanna Patel in Bolton, England. We recently been inundated with about 50 visitors a day coming to see their miraculous eggplant. Mrs. Patel foresaw the miracle in a dream after she bought the eggplant from their local shop. On slicing the vegetable in half, she saw that the seeds were formed in the Muslim symbol, Ya Allah, meaning Allah exists. A girl in Lebanon is producing crystals from her eyes. On the 11th of June in 1995, a man suddenly appeared before a vast crowd in Nairobi, Kenya, gathered to witness the miracle healings of the Kenyan spiritual leader, Mary Akatsa. Immediately recognizing the tall, white-robed figure as Jesus Christ, the crowds fell down, overcome with emotion. A likeness of the Buddha appears in a man's bathroom window, and a rainbow of light streams from his image. On Thursday, September the 21st, 1995, the news swept around the world of extraordinary miracles of milk-making Hindu statues. Never before in history has a, a simultaneous miracle occurred on such a global scale. Television, radio, and newspapers eagerly covered this unique phenomenon, and even skeptical journalists 
held their milk-filled spoons to the gods and watched humbled as the milk disappeared. Crowds flocked to springs. They're supposed to contain great healing powers in France, Germany, and Mexico. A six-inch high porcelain statue began weeping tears of blood. The liquid staining the image is genuinely blood and human at that. The Santiago coroner's office pronounced that the substance is type O human blood. The statue weeps regularly, particularly in the presence of children. You know, these are just a few of the strange happenings in our world. Some people look at these things and they call them miracles. I look at them and I call them the work of the devil as he prepares the world for the arrival of the false prophet. You know, if you want to draw a crowd, just start advertising miracles and people will come. It doesn't matter how strange or how outlandish the claims, people will flock to see what they think is a miracle. One fellow claimed to see the face of Jesus in a tortilla in 1977 in New Mexico. He built a shrine, and thousands have gone there to pray before the tortilla. Someone saw the image of the Virgin Mary on the side of their house and turned it into a shrine. Thousands have gone there to pray to Mary. When the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001 occurred, someone took a photo of a cloud that was supposed to look like the devil. People believe this kind of junk. The world is looking for something. I just pray that they would stop looking and turn to Jesus. You know, I guess it never occurred to anyone that no one really knows but what Jesus, Mary, or the devil look like. This stuff just proves my point. The world is being prepared for a mass delusion. Let's look at his motive. The false prophet does all this stuff for the so and stuff is a stuff is a technical term here. All this stuff for the sole purpose of getting the world to worship the Antichrist. The world will fall for this deception, and they will worship the Antichrist. Those who refuse, Orthodox Jews, and those who have been saved during the tribulation will be hunted down and destroyed. You know, think about it. Today, you can worship any god you please to worship, or you can worship no god at all. That's your choice. And that day, you will either worship the Antichrist, or you will pay for your disobedience with your life. You know, the world will come together one day. It will not be the United Nations that will bring about that unity. It will be the work of Satan, and he uses the Antichrist and the false prophet to accomplish his goals in this world. You know, our world is headed for some very, very dark days. The time to escape this coming nightmare is now. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I would challenge you to come to him for your salvation. Come to him and be saved today. If you're saved, you can praise the Lord because you will miss those things. But you and I have family and friends who will still be here. We're living in a world filled with people who will still be here. We should seek the Lord on their behalf. Call on him as he leads. Would you bow with me, please? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the message from your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross so that someday, someday we could live with him forever in heaven. Father, I'd like to pray for those that have never accepted your son, Jesus. Father, I ask you to work on their heart, 
God, show them the way. Show them the things that they need to do to be saved, that they need to believe and repent and be baptized. Lord, show them. Show them the Savior is here. Father, show them that he's here now and his hand is outstretched. Help them accept his hand, O Lord. Father, if there be those in the sound of my voice, and I know there are, that have accepted your Son as their Lord and Savior, but perhaps they have gone by the wayside, Lord. They're not living a Christian life. Father, I ask you to speak to their heart and use them, Lord. Use them as someone that can help lead others to you. Father, speak to their heart today. Lord, I love you. I will do anything for you. Father, we ask this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if there's anyone out there today that made a decision for Christ, I'd like to know about it. Um, if you would, please send an email to ministry at christ-lives.org or visit our website www.christ-lives.org and leave a message on our contact page. I have one other thing I'd like to share with you this morning. I'm sharing it by permission of the author. It's from Maita in Bankett, Zimbabwe. Her email goes, Hello, Mr. Pastor Mike. My name is Maita. I live in Bankett, Zimbabwe. Me, my sisters, and families listen to you every Sunday at 2 o'clock. We are not got so much money. We have one cell phone. My sisters and I, we all go in and pay part. I keep it for a week, and then it go to another sister. Our brother tries to borrow the phone from his lady friends. Um, he doesn't get it anymore because he kept it for two weeks, and they missed the, the, the preaching. But the person that has it on Sunday brings it to my house, so we listen to you. Our preacher, he come to listen to you too. He say he learned more on you from Revelation than anything the missionary preacher teach him. Sometimes he cannot preach church because he's in school in one city 100 miles away. He has to stay to go to the school. He's a good man. <clears throat> um, I like the name, The Final Countdown. It is like that. We're counting down today when Jesus come back for us. It will be happy for us. Some, it will not be so happy. I like what you say in the middle of punishing bad people. God is still saving souls. He must love us. Sometimes my faith is not so strong. I'm ashamed to say it. We have had tough times. I'm having a tough time now. My baby girl, Anisu, is very sick. She's only four. She has malaria and is running high fever. Will you pray for my Anisu? If you ask God, he will do it for you. Please do this for me. Please keep preaching, Mr. Pastor Mike. We like hear from you. If you answer my email, I have phone this week. May the God bless you, Maita. This is a very special letter. Maita's daughter is very, very sick. I took the liberty of, of emailing a doctor at the, um, the, the district public health hospital in Zimbabwe and asked him to help this child. Um, and 
I have every indication I'm sure that he will do that. I ask you, please, if you're listening today, I want you to pray for little Anisu. She is very sick. I carry type 2 malaria myself. And the last time it, it flared up from the tissues in my body and released itself in the bloodstream, it overpowered my kidneys and sent me to the hospital for about a week, maybe a little longer. It's bad stuff. People think it's just like a common cold, and it can be, but certain variations of it are rough, particularly as you get older, the very young, and the older. I want to ask all of you who are in the sound of my voice to pray for this little girl. Her mother says that she doesn't have good faith at times. I disagree. I think anyone that has the faith to reach out to someone else to help them pray for a child, I think they have tremendous faith. So, Maita, if you're listening to me, and I'm sure that you are, your faith is very strong. Believe in Jesus. Ask him for help. And take that little child to the hospital. You don't have to have any money. Just take it to the hospital. I'd like to thank everyone for listening today. May God bless you and keep you. Amen.